when you're still just a kid. Your love is two for one. It's sweet and then it's kind of fun. It's like a whole lot of good things roll up into one candy-like Both from Birds of Fire, 1973. Start off with Open Country Joy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our generous sponsor, Alfred. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Simple Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let's. I'm all for it. That's what I'm here for. Let's watch a full-length movie. After five years of, of, of doing these show every week on Mutiny Radio, I learned I can remember our podcast acronym, by stressing the L, and that's the only way I remember the W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the O, the Y, the T. Right, right, right. I'm you a super sar shooter, super sharp shooter, shooter, super sharp. The S, the H, the L, the <laughs> W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the super sharp shooter. I got to find that song, Carl. Do you know it? No, but clearly you do. Uh, yeah, I do. I have a song in my heart. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio. Dot .fm the internet radio direct from the Mission District of San Francisco you yeah. can find it by typing in mutinyradio.fm and just hit listen now and we are on every Sunday 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time San Francisco Mission District Time 5 p.m. weird Jersey time I I decided you live in weird New Jersey Yeah well you live in the Pacific time but I live in the specific time Eastern uh, time. It's weird. Yeah. It's you know, if, if, what we're, we're going to do is we're going to watch a full length movie on YouTube. So you'll be watching the YouTube video and you'll be listening to us as we stream on muniradio.fm. Or you can listen to our podcast. It drops every Sunday, courtesy of Muni Radio at uh, L W A F L M O Y T. Use that magic acronym. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah. And 
you know what? Use that magic acronym on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel and we post the videos of the podcast and the movies are already synced up. So you can listen to us this way, whatever way. We would love for you to donate, please, some Mutiny Radio, please. <laughs> I did that like desperate, please. You ever do yeah. that? Yeah. You're like, can you do your homework? Please, would you please? please? <laughs> do it. I did the homework, please. Uh, so you can donate, please, uh, either by going to mutinyradio.fm and hit the link and it'll take you to Patreon. You can go to Patreon and look for it there or go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio, throw in five bucks, uh, help us out. We are, uh, we love it. We, we do it from your donations uh, and other ways, you know, and there's live shows Monday and Fridays, uh, go to the website, check out the details. Speaking of details, Carl, what is the movie this week? We are going to watch The Boneyard 1991. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Boneyard is one word, The Boneyard 1991. Okay, so I'm going to RedTube and I'm typing in The Boneyard. Oh, you are a super shooter. A super short shooter at the boneyard. Right. Uh, any more dick jokes before we start? Yes. <laughs> well, the channel, the channel we like is B Movie Archive Two. That's not a dick joke, but give me a couple minutes. B yeah. Movie Archive Two. You know that sounds like an interesting channel, uh, dick joke or not. I'm going to probably check it out and probably check out the B Movie Archive One, Three. All right, so go ahead. Type in the boneyard, 1990. Uh, finally, 1991. So the, <laughs> war just, the war just started. Uh, go ahead and uh, 1991, the boneyard. And then uh, when you see the B-Movie Archive 2 mm -hmm. channel, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, hit go, and we'll watch the movie synced up. Now, we have a very special celebrity comedian to do our countdown for the movie. And let's find out a little bit more uh, about the celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Jessica Miranda. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. It's great to be here. Now, we've been knowing each other a long time in the comedy community here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey. I even knew you, like, when you first started out. How long ago was that? Oh, it's it's about, it's three years, and I, I, I never know whether I should completely count the uh, the year that we were in lockdown, but I, it's been three, yes, it's three years. Yeah, so that is, I mean, if it's only three years, you've really come a long way. I mean, you're booked all the time. You were booked a lot in 2021, despite the pandemic. So, but the pandemic's put us on Zoom things. I know that you haven't done many Zoom shows, but we've been on Zooms together. You got Sharon Simon's virtual comedy club Zoom thing in the pandemic. But, I mean what's different for you on Zoom than live that maybe keeps you away from Zoom? Okay, so, you know, I, I did Zoom uh, pretty regularly for uh, almost eight or nine months during the mm. lockdown, and I got very used to it. Uh, but it's almost, it has a feeling of like you're recording for television. Uh, you don't interact with anyone. You're looking at this tiny little circle on your laptop. Yeah. And um, so the, the feeling is very different uh, than when you're on stage. So I found that I was, uh, when I was coming off of Zoom and getting back onto stage, 
I, I, I felt like I really couldn't go back and forth easily. I don't, a lot of people can do it. I see them uh -huh, doing uh -huh. it, but I couldn't. So I haven't done zoom for almost nine months now. And then I just did my first little zoom show recently and it felt good. It was good practice, you know, but I just, um, it's, it's just hard for me to go back and forth. That's yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, because when you get on stage, it's a much different feeling than uh, being in the Zoom. You might be delivering setup punch, but it's not the same as being in the room. Of course, you must prefer being live, just like me, right? Zoom is exactly yes, exactly. And I, and you know, it's funny because, but I, you, you mentioned that I, you know, get booked a lot, and it's I'm pretty new as a comedian, and I know yeah. that that's a lot surprising to a lot of people, but. I think it was really the Zoom experience and meeting and networking with all the people that I met over the whole time on Zoom that got me booked in 2021. Um, yeah, you know, there, I would... <clears throat> Go ahead. No, I was just going to say there are positives to this pandemic, even though they're just happenstance like that networking and stuff. So you were saying that some of your uh, meeting people, your contacts got you booked uh, for real. For real. I mean, I, you know, I started out with Dad Fan and Friends in the very beginning, which was great because I was meeting all these people from LA. And um, yeah. and then when I I I decided, well, I was it was actually uh brought up to me that I really should be um working with more New York and New Jersey area comedians. So then I started to look for more Zoom shows in this area and I found comedy therapy with Jim Mandrinos. And I started to do their mics and their shows. Um, and uh, then I did a, a, a contest with them with 64 comedians, and I ended up winning first place. And, <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, it, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was such an exciting time, and it was a month-long competition, and I was just doing working at it every day because we were That's all just great. locked down. Yeah, so it was exciting. And in that time, I you know got exposure. Uh, Cara Montgomery ended up booking me live on Funny Women of a Certain Age from that. Um, and then from there, I got, you know, seen from a lot of other bookers and, and just, it's just been a great, uh, you know, path to doing lots and lots of comedy in great places. And Mendros also has that like comedy writing class, I think you're involved with now. Yes. And it's funny because he gave it to me a couple of times, which is because I've been working with him for a while doing live shows and Zoom shows and also running a mic for him. Mm -hmm. And um, I haven't been able to sit down and really focus for 30 days every day. It's a daily exercise. So um, this is my third time actually signing up for it. But uh -huh. this time I'm really I'm really committed to doing the work every day for 30 days. And so we're like on day eight now and uh, it's going very well. So, and I'm actually taking it with my sister. So we're doing uh -huh. it together. It's always fun to take stuff together. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're both comedians and there's a lot to learn from there. And one of the things about Zoom uh, that I found interesting, I mean, as you know, we are on Mutiny Radio right now and that our show has been on Mutiny Radio for years and years and years. And you met our fearful leader, Pam Benjamin, not through mutiny, but through these Zooms, right? Yes, yes. I met Pam Benjamin very early in the pandemic because I was put into a group of comedians from all over. I don't even know who put me in that group, mm. but I was in this group where we were just meeting up on Zoom every night for socializing and also going over new material and bits and just getting to know each other. And Pam was in there and I, you know, she was always like, you know, just such a friendly 
person and just, you know, just a fun person. Yeah. She's a great person to talk to. And I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, remember and and think about that time period. And she's an amazing cook. She's like a chef. She's amazing. (laughs) She does everything. I mean, she keeps this place together and we love her. Bam, Benjamin. That's great. So one of the reasons you're busy and can't be like focusing all the time is because you've been a teacher for over 20 years and that puts you also in like zoom situations right what's that been like yeah teaching is you know it's been really amazing kids are resilient and the teachers are resilient and i think everybody's had a great attitude but it's it's been it's had its challenges um but i really also feel like um, although I focus a lot on my teaching career, teaching has really uh, been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a, a platform for me to to practice comedy my whole twenty something years because I've had this. Yeah, I have a captive audience in my in my palm of my hand. Like every every uh, five periods a day, I can tell the same story five different times and see which way. It is. And so it, that's kind of my open mic. My open mic is my classroom. Yeah. So you've, you've, you're, you're doing the curriculum, but in between you get to say, you know, and like you said, you can work on your joke as you yes. go through the multiple classes. That's like a, yes. trying it out at five open mics. Yeah, exactly. A day, you know, and they love hearing my personal stories, you mm-hmm. know, the ones that are fitting to, to them. And um, it's kind of interesting, especially about my kids and different things. And they relate to, you know, video game playing and whatever the case may be. But it's it's a it's a lot of fun. And, and I didn't even realize that I'm practicing all these years, you know. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. yeah, you've been a performer. The yeah. material just wasn't it was a little dry. But right. Um, okay, so how can people find you out there on the internet, a website, your social media? How do people get in touch, learn about yeah. your shows? Well, I have a website, and it's um, Jessica Marie. I'm sorry, Jessica Miranda Comedian dot uh, com. That's my website, and then also on Facebook, I'm just Jessica Miranda, and on Instagram, I'm Jessica underscore Miranda underscore Comedian. So you guys can find me on any of those places. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you follow me and, and see the shows that I have going on soon. I guess JessicaMirandaComedian.com is like the first stop to see yeah. what's coming up for you, right? It's, yes, that's where I have all of my shows, uh, you know, um, current shows and future shows. My calendar's up there. And um, actually, my I'm really excited about my photo gallery because I'm just such a visual uh-huh. person. So if you ever check out my website, make sure you check out the photo gallery because I love those pictures that I have up there. I think you're in a couple of them, Carl. You're in a few yeah. of them from the from the Big Red Buzzer show. Oh wow, the Big Red Buzzer! Wow, we're going back then. Way that back. Was a great night. You really killed that night, and you didn't get yeah. buzzed, right? You didn't get gone. Yeah, I didn't get you're buzzed. Just... I, I I actually came in second place that night. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there in a in a tuxedo judging you. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't go on you. Okay, so, Jessica, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second that we do. Okay, we've all got our fingers hovering over the play button. So why don't you go ahead, Jessica Miranda, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, guys, get ready to watch your movie. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. No, that was great. Great comedian countdown. And now the boneyard. And now to the boneyard. And now the boneyard. And Nelson, how many people are in this movie? Like three? Yeah. No, there was like 
five to seven. There's a Norman Fell. I yeah. caught that. Yeah. Usterman. And he's saying, I wonder if I could do a Norman Fell impersonation. Mine's all visual. I'm sorry. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to say I'm already mad at this movie. I mean, what a waste of your opening. Here we have an opening, and we're going to see black and right. the credits. And we hear creepy music. We hear scary music. A that, movie's allowed to do that. Of course. All movies are. But you're wasting a very important part of your movie. What is the atmosphere, the mood, the setting? Set us well, up. You can you take know, I disagree. I just, you know, if it's best, I love movies that just show me the title and start the movie. And then at the end, do the end credits. But if not, do all the proper credits. Don't give me a, uh, any tip of what it is. And then, you know, James Cumming, bring it on. Because okay. this is the image. Now yeah. it begins. He's entering the door. Yeah. 20. Is 420? I don't know. Oh, it's, so. it's 42. Yes. Oh, is it 42? Uh, yeah. No, it's 43. Sorry. <laughs> that's even worse it's that's even worse <laughs> that's a misdemeanor well, look at his rabbit's foot wonder what that means there's a rabbit walking around hating that dude uh, <laughs> hobbling limping yeah limping. Uh, damn male and leaves I can't tell them apart they're all uh, junk mail for leave uh, raking services. Leave, yeah, remove. <laughs> leave removal. Autumn serve. Uh, autumn cleanup. Fall cleanup. Right. Services. We clean up vo rogue vine. This is North Carolina. That's why we're seeing these like vines and. Oh yeah, the ivy's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Eddie Munster. <laughs> Looks like a Pez dispenser. No, he's like James Vanderbrook. This guy's name is David Crusoe. I wonder why. Well, he has to be one of the five. His name is James Oosterman, and he's being, I don't know, he. The, the the director wrote this with this guy in mind. He was once, he was in Species Space Invaders. Uh, and he was on a TV movie called Cast a Deadly Spell as a Werewolf. But more than that, he's like, he's a prop and model maker. He worked on Dinner for Schmucks, like fix, doing those mice. Yeah, because I thought I saw his credit elsewhere. But um, what was an early credit you mentioned? Because I think I know what it is. Well, there's Species and there's Spaced Invaders. Oh, so is it Space the Invaders yeah. with a D? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is like a wacky comedy. And I might have, have De uh, Randy Quaid in that. Interesting. Yeah. It's one of those movies I used to see the video, the DVD box, you know. Right. Now, what the director's doing here is he's faking out you that we've started our movie. And we're entering some creepy, spooky, ghosty house or something, you know. It's a creepy, spooky, ghosty house? <laughs> well, I don't know. You have to listen. T turn the music on for a minute. Turn the sound. Oh, all right. Yes, sir. It sounds like one of those industrial. Oh, no. Here comes the helicopter. It's going to ruin the uh, sound. <laughs> sounds like a helicopter. I'm in the uh, 
lot of helicopters here in the Mission District. We can't hear it. Wait, there. Oh, you good. Go. It's louder than the it's louder than the audio. So, why is that good? <laughs> A lot of helicopters. Helicopters, as we say in Oakland. So anyway, you're noticing the creepy music, right? You know what? I think I have it on mute. No, I do. It sounds like those cassettes of industrial drone that I used to get in the mail. Well, you know, like the director's ZF. doing. He's like trying to trick us that the movie started. And really, it's just going to pay off in a joke. The woman they're going there to see is sleeping in bed, you know, and she's covered up with a lot of blankets. Oh, so there's nothing haunting. There's no conjuring needed in this house. Right. So so the director's doing something a little clever. Now, this director, he never directed Hollywood movies. He did three B movies. But for Hollywood, he would do like special effects of makeup. And right. he was one of those guys who would sculpt, like he sculpted the face studies for Enemy Mine and like for Cocoon and Jaws 3D. And he was a sculptor kind of guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, he worked enough in, in films, you know, he, he probably wanted to direct. Yeah. Okay, so this is where she's going to pop up? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a payoff, and it's only slightly funny. Uh, it's really not strong enough. Are they going to get it on? Is, is this the boning yarn yet? No, they're not going to get it on. This woman is uh, very fat. So? I paid one good money. I'll watch. Okay. Well, I paid. All right. Okay, I'm going back to red tube. Okay, they are. are they are going to bone her. Uh, you just got to wait a little bit into the film right. to let you know. Oh, so this is the monster. Yeah, with a pillow fight. Now look, the director's got him going for his gun. Right. Yeah, We're still not breaking that this is a. She knocked monster. him down the staircase. Right. You know, I know in movies you don't get hurt, but that two staircases, you get fucked up at that point. <laughs> Not all of us are stuntmen. Look at this, this arty direction. Up there is the monster. Boom. Slowly I descend step by step. Uh oh. I still can't tell. She's pixelated. Oh, there she is. Oh, so that's it. So now we start. Gladys. <laughs> she's the hero. That's cool. Yeah, she's the hero. And she's like, you know, privacy. I mean, what are you guys doing? You walk into my house. I'm sleeping. A lot of people sleep. Do they know each other? Yeah, they've worked on past cases. She's like a psychic lady. Well, she, not, not when she's uh, off the clock, apparently. <laughs> well, she's had enough, you see. Uh, when she has her psychic experiences, she, like, undergoes the emotions that that involves. Seeing creepy, disgusting things, seeing murders. So she's like an a extra medium. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of those, help the cops with the psychic ladies. But then it, will there be a cop that go, I don't like you talking to her? No, 
There won't. I know why you said that. That is, I know that movie. Which movie is that? Where, oh, wait, there's like a cop calls a psychic and there's like every movie. The chief goes, I don't believe in this. If the mayor's office didn't order me to do this. Right, right, right. The mayor's office. (laughs) But if I hear one word about the mayor's office. (laughs) Where did you, how? 16 police cruisers. We only have 13. Police cruisers. Where did you find? That you're talking about my bit where laundry basket of justice, where laundry basket gets called in by where the Where did you get the three other police cruisers? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Really? Twice in the chest. <laughs> no, I didn't know Mary Lou Henner dated Tony Danza on the set of Taxi. <laughs> of course I'm familiar with Gary Busey's chili. All right, <laughs> Detective Laundry Basket. Yeah. Along those lines. If you do another laundry-related pun, I'm going to bring you out and hang you up to dry. Laundry basket! Now get out of here before I get depressed and steamed. <laughs> laundry basket! Yeah, he hated those. The chief really hated those laundry uh, basket, laundry-related puns. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never thought of... That was my, my partner in laundry basket. Who, uh... <coughs> Was mute the whole time, but you know, uh, I don't. I could, couldn't think of another routine. I can never top that one. I did another bit where they're on a stakeout, uh-huh. and it's laundry is Detective Laundry Basket's partner. You know what yeah, your problem is, Detective. Been a writer for you, I would have loved to help with that. We would. You know, anytime you need Detective Laundry Basket to do a uh, a cameo or a cross uh-huh. uh, for Waterman, that sounds perfect. Yeah, I would love. I would love a cameo. An appearance. So you're in a different. We'd have to be visiting the city or something, and we right, yeah, of course, interagency cooperation. And that way, we could have the uh, laundry basket zones start and yell at him. Yeah, you know, yeah. You could be maybe the state troopers. I should just tell you the reason I'm not talking is this is just going on and on and on. All they're doing is she's saying, "I don't want this anymore." Jersey, that's his name, Jersey, and then he's saying. Um, then he, he's saying, you know, people need you, you're helping people. Uh, he, he's kind of trying to spin it to don't be selfish, even though he never goes that far. Um, can you dig it? Yeah. But it goes on and on and on. It's really a B movie here. Well, you mean they're padding out the time or they're just letting the actors act? Uh, good question. I think it's just bad writing. Bad writing. The, the, yeah, because choice. it is repeating. I think they're going script line by line here. I don't think they were trying to like say like, okay, our ending rent short. Let's stretch it in the. It just right. doesn't seem. Well, now no, her name a... is Allie Oates, and she was in True Beverly Hills. She was in Ski Patrol, and she was in Fugitive Lovers in 1975, and that's it. Huh. Well, Fugitive Lover sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And Are they like fans of the TV show? It sounds like a candidate for um, uh, being on YouTube. Oh, right. Hi. Welcome. It's our new podcast, Carl and Mike with Fugitive Lover. 
view of the 1960s original. We were watching the the Tim Daly. You know, there was a version from 10 years ago, or no, 20 uh-huh. years ago. They remade The Fugitive with Tim Daly. So they they're constantly that idea is out there for the fugitive lover. Tim Daly? Should I know I his so. face? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess. <laughs> I said it though. <laughs> oh, damn. Sigh. Tim you know, every time I, I get, I deep, you know, every time I'm in that state, I put my, I rest my head against the window. And, and you say sig? They sig. Yeah. When we were uh, kids, we would read Charlie Brown and we read that as sig. Oh, S-I-G-H? The right. H is silent? Right. We were in third grade or whatever. Yeah, you're <laughs> be like, Sig. Ah, oh, Sig. Okay, okay, so they have gone away and said, fine, you want to be left alone? Goodbye. And now she's sitting there like, oh, woe is me. I've, you know, she quit her job at the library. She was like the school librarian or some bullshit. And How many people? Is it a small town, right? Or like yes, yes. This was shot. Well, it doesn't really talk about where the town is, but this was shot in North Carolina, essentially. It was um, where is it? Well, it's not jumping out in, in front of me right now. But our star uh, lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. So maybe that's why they chose this place to shoot. Here it is, Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina, which are kind of off the beaten path. Not known for its film industry. Yeah. What else was shot there? Like uh, Mason Dixie Car Wash? (laughs) Yeah. Car Wash? It was, come on down to Bob's Discount, kill me a Yankee car, (laughs) used autos. Where I, if you don't get a deal, I'll kill me a Yankee. Feature in 2000 Maniacs. Yep, two over hundreds of Maniacs. Now she's having a vision. Okay. Yeah. Do you think the vision, all right, in her house? Yeah. Like where what she, she sleeps? Well, she's sort of sitting there in that chair sleeping right now, but we don't really know because we're with her the whole time. Now, now she's having a vision, and when the vision ends, she'll be back there in that seat. So do these steps count for the day, or if you walk in a vision, do you <laughs> count those steps? It depends. I mean, if it's on your Fitbit, if it's on your iPhone, then you, you know. I'm going to get those 5K daily. You physically did it if it's on your iPhone. Oh, it's oh. the troll from Troll. There's the, the sound of uh, a crying baby outside. It looks like a hand is holding it. No, it's just the door. right. It does look like a hand. Oh, some doors require a lot of hand holding. Oh, like who? Roy Orbison? No, uh, fuck! <laughs> I fucked that joke up for you. God damn it! Get Morrison. Oh, how pretty! Ah, ah, that's so scary. Ah. I'm yeah. coming towards you. Get away, puppeteer. Towards you. Scary marinette, go away. I want to be an actress. Look at those bones from the bone. a lot of weight for this part. Okay, look. Hugging. Not attacking. Hugging. You know, if your movie's called The Boneyard, you should get some more realistic skeleton bone. (laughs) It looks like a marinette. I I haven't seen the hugging yet. What do you know what a skeleton looks like? 
Oh, I've seen plenty of skeleton claws. I don't well, need to. It. She's hugging like mommy or something, but we'll never have this followed up in the film. It's it, like you would think with this, that would mean at the end of the film, when she's going to eat everybody, she'd say, give me a hug or something, right? Wait, when she what, everybody? She eats everybody? Yeah, like when the, you know, they're attacking and oh, stuff. To end the, the crisis and save our movie, she shows a little love, right? Right, but, yeah. Oh, he didn't do that. Now look at her. She woke up. She's all freaked out. So she's going to be rash and impulsive and burn all her collection. Yeah, I, dude, I would not light a fire in that house. <laughs> you gonna if I was her roommate, I'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ. You got to stay off that shit. Yeah. Now, in December 1989, a botched special effect did did cause a fire on the set. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I hope everyone was okay. No, they weren't okay. And shame on you, Michael. Terrible, Wait, terrible. I, I was just saying, I didn't. But it is very funny. I'm, I see your sense of humor, Mark. Mer Mike, very dark. Oh, did you call me Mike Marin? Yes. Now they did uh, $850,000 they spent on this thing. It went straight to, DV to VHS. So I really don't know how they did. Like, this is really interesting. The VHS rental box, it was two boxes. One was promoting it as a horror film and the other one as a comedy. Um, and the, there's a poodle on the box. You'll meet the poodle later. The comedy box slips right over the horror box. So that's kind of neat. Really strange. I never heard of that before. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I have a... My only film book right now is my psychotronic video guide, and he likes this movie a lot. Uh -huh. He said it was a good movie, which normally he doesn't have to. You know, when oh. you when you review hundreds of movies like this, you don't have to say it's good. You just tell it what it is, and people right. watch it. You know. And he went out of his way. Out of his it way. It was good. Emphasize that it was good. Yeah. That's good. Now she had her vision. Okay. Um, Ashley, and therefore she's come down to the station saying, okay, I just had a vision, I'll help you. And now they're seeing an interview of the mortician. This mortician, right? He captured children, kept them locked up, fed them food from the corpses that he was trafficking through there, you know? He would uh -huh. take it off their back so he could still embalm the body and make it look pretty. And then he would feed, yeah. And so he made them into demons, okay? And, uh -huh. uh, yeah, so that's the backstory. But meanwhile, and, the guy behind her is like bored out of his mind. He's been looking at his watch during this confession. Yeah, there is not yet uh, a reason for him to be compelled. Uh, he's on. He's it's it's a job. He's nine to five, and he's on the case. Whatever you say, boss. Peyton Place guy is the boss. Oh wow, Jersey. His name's Jersey. Do you like that idea? He's called Jersey. Uh, I don't know what it means. He's a North Carolina person. Like, do they not mean New Jersey? It's just like you know, yeah, like well, a jacket, a, a name. He's old, so maybe it's old jersey. 
<laughs> New no. Jersey is 1684. Not exactly. oh, all right, so he was 1621. This guy did sculpting for Enemy Mind, The Thing, in 1982. Cocoon, wow. Jaws 3D, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. He's our only connection. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, 1988. Yeah. He, he's been in every movie I watched. Heartbeat. Never saw Heart Bleeps. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I avoided it because it just looks so stupid. It's about it's computers and robots and stuff. Yeah, but it's Andy Kaufman's movie. Impossible to watch. To find. It's impossible to find. That's well, I'm not gonna, you're gonna type it in YouTube. God bless you if it pops up. <laughs> Should I check out Heart Bleeps? I haven't seen. Yeah, you know, my brother remembers seeing it as a kid, and he still quotes it. But yeah, it's a ridiculous movie. And, uh, uh, I would like see this Well, I mean, Andy Kaufman made a movie where he's a robot. Okay. Was Madeline Kahn or Bernard Peters? I forgot who the other robot was. So, I don't know. Sounds like crap. So now they're like, she like wants to go down to the morgue where the corpses are, and she wants to get an object, and that will help her have vision. And no. she's got an earring there. See the earring? Yes. Yeah, that's the signal. I'm a chick. You can, I, I wore earrings. <laughs> I'm a girl. She looks like a chick. You don't think so? I think she looks like a chick. Yeah. I think she should grow her hair out a little. <laughs> so what about the children? wearing a hat. I'm sorry. I want to know the status of the children. Are they okay? Which children? The one the mortician was talking about. No, they're dead. They're Listen, dead I had in a... the morgue. They're dead and in the morgue. I knew that he was feeding the corpses to the children. Yes. And that killed them? Uh, no, he eventually killed them. Oh. All right. And this is revealed in the first 10 minutes of this movie? Does this movie get even more grotesque? Uh, this movie will be hideous and horrible, and I hate it. Uh, we're 22 minutes in, and uh, <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> like, this is like a full-on horror movie? It's not full-on, because there's comedy in it. It's not a very funny movie. It's not a good movie. Now, your movie review guy knows better than me. I'm not joking, because that's his job. I'm going to find it. I'm going to pull it right now from the to the bookcase, okay? If I may? Sure. I'm going to go over to the uh, studio bookcase. Okay, get a good look at this building because you won't see the outside again until the very last second of the movie. Uh, okay, psychotronic video guy. Look, see? Look. It's a house. Well, it's, it's the morgue, but you're not going to see the outside of it again until the very last frame. Oh, so we're going to be stuck in the morgue for the rest yeah. of this movie? We are walking into our movie 25 minutes in. Well, you know, I always feel like 25 minutes into the movie, it's the poster, as you say. Right, act two. Yeah. But you, well, that's you, fair. That's fair. That's really very movie-esque of this then. Yeah. You know, you're allowed that time to let the characters breathe a bit, who they are. Now, you can see it's happy Thanksgiving time. It's November. And they really did shoot. Let's see here. 
I think it's just because, yeah, that's, they started shooting. They shot for five weeks. They started November 13th through December 20. So wherever they're shooting here, whatever location they were able to get, because it's no studio. It's like an old lady home or something, a nursing home or something. Right. It had happy Thanksgiving up when they were working there during the day. Oh, there's Phyllis Stiller. Yeah, no wig. The director insisted she not wear a wig. Why not? Because she's she's not Phyllis Stiller. She's the creepy mortician. Although I'm sure she talks exactly like Phyllis Stiller. Can you believe this thing? Give her a list. Ah, All right, here we go. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, my husband, Fang. Oh, yeah, that was her husband's name in her act. She used to say, my husband, Fang, is permanent. My husband's in real life. They were temporary. (laughs) All right, here we go. All right, that sounds like Phyllis Diller, San Francisco's legendary comedian. Yeah, San Francisco's. That's where she got her break. She she used to live, I don't know, the Midwest or something, and she would make all of her neighbors laugh. She'd make the other mothers laugh. She'd do stuff at the PTA. Like, she had a natural affinity for making people laugh, and she loved the attention. But, you know, that's all it ever was, you know. Then, I mean, she had a great act, though. Then she moved to San Francisco because of her husband's job, and she got a. She was a secretary at a television show, and she got it together to put on a nightclub act. And the the people who did the show went and saw it. They loved it, and they gave her a spot on there, you know. And that's how she began on TV, you know. By the next thing she knows, she was all over TV, and she got this a, a fin. A, uh, she got connected with Bob Hope uh, somehow, doing the USO shows, going to Nam with them. Yeah. All right, I found the – here we go. This is from uh, Michael J. Weldon. He wrote uh, – he had a great magazine called Psychotronic Video, uh, where it was interviews and movie reviews. And I have his old video guide. The Boneyard. Here's a film with a difference. Suspenseful, serious, and surprising, but has some unexpected laughs, too. Scary, slimy, mummy-like little cannibal zombies in an old city morgue are Asian-like uh, Kiyoshi kids with tails. Star Deborah Rose plays a reluctant psychic heroine who happens to weigh about 300 pounds. Former uh, Corman regular Ed Nelson, the Brain Eaters, is a patient cop called Jersey. Phyllis Stiller, without a wig, is a mean, nasty old woman who runs the morgue. And Norman Fell, and in parentheses, he has an exclamation point, with a ponytail and earrings, is a mortician. You won't believe the big daddy like, uh, big daddy Roth like monster Diller becomes, or the giant poodle monster. Two exclamation points. <laughs> Cummings also did FX, filmed in Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Wait, no, not... he said it's good. He said it's good. Yeah, he said it's serious and funny, and the and the film is different. You know, gotcha. But I mean, I'm sure like zombie poodles is like a walk in the park to this guy. <laughs> no, I'm mad at this film for a bunch of reasons. One of them is the way that you see Norman Fell. He does have this big like mustache. That's him there. He's oh, I see. Behind, if I was this director, I'd be like. Hey, Mr. Roper, roll them, right? Can you get a sweater vest, please? 
I would want Mr. Roper. You'd be playing music. Boop, 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 do, <laughs> do, 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 do. I know the themes to the Roper. Oh, that was their 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 spinoff show. Yeah, so Mr. Oh. and Mrs. Roper left Reese Company to do their own show, where they go into a condo or something with a couple that included uh, Jeffrey Tambor. And Don Knox showed up on the. That's right. Don Knox became the new landlord for. Jeff Which Trimble. worked. It really worked. No one ever. Fell out of love with Mr. Roper, though. No, I mean, Mr. Roper, I mean, for what the show was, he was always still, like... You see uh, the three bodies, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're fucking undead, my man. Are they at least of age? Mm-hmm. Are they children? Yes. Shut up. They are undead children, yes. This movie really... What? What? <laughs> Creepy, right? I mean, so if they were undead adults, that's cool. But I didn't. But children, I didn't. Listen, I'm one of those assassins, and there was never anything about children. Take the shot, Carl. Take the shot. What is never said there'd be children involved? (laughs) Oh, is that uh, Scarface? Yeah, Scarface. Scarface. He's driving around the U.N. like, uh, oh, you guys, it's children. Hey, you know, don't do it. Fuck you, man! Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right, and then suddenly he's not a cool criminal anymore. I told you not to fuck with me, you monkey. You want to go to war? <laughs> I'm not doing it right. Well, I mean, like, he was going to be, like, sitting on the uh, the, the star chamber. Look how long we dwelled here, Mike. I'm sorry. Look how long we dwelled in that one spot going talky-talky-talky-talky. This movie was horribly written. Well, don't you think that that's the payoff is that, you know, we go in, we, we're one room, we're not even in the mortuary, we see it detached through the, uh, as viewers, we see it again through a television set, but I'm sure at the end we'll be stuck, the, the characters will be stuck in there. I don't know, could be well-crafted. <laughs> who am I to say? I, well, you're a guy who didn't watch the film, listen to the uh, sound, and be going, oh my god, when is this scene gonna end? Uh, you know there is a feature on youtube how's the wife and stuff like that you never change the speed huh when you watch youtube videos (laughs) 1.5 yeah i think the whole mortuary is filled with zombies boodles oh no here comes phil stiller at 1.5 speed (laughs) ha 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 phil stiller you know, one of my favorite Bob Hope Phyllis Stiller's movie, I think, which is, uh, boy, I have the wrong number, or, uh, and boy, I have the wrong number. And there's one point where this they uh, girl passes out on sleeping pills, and Phyllis Stiller says, "Well, you know, if a girl has sleeping pills, she must have pep pills." Sure <laughs> enough, they find pep pills on her. <laughs> I guess back then uh, we would carry sleeping pills and pep pills with each other. I guess. Salt and pepper. I okay, so now, Mr. Anything I Say You Disagree With, go ahead and really turn up the sound and listen to this horrible backstory exposition. Are you listening? Turn it up. It is up. I got it up. 
This guy makes uh, Peter Falk look like a piece of wood. All right, tell me what he's saying. Repeat it back to me. Go ahead. He said, oh, hang on. Hey, you got the, and that, and that. My finger goes this way. I don't know what he's saying. He's picking his nose. Look, I'm telling you, this movie was horribly written. You don't need to dis disagree with me. Ah, I don't know. I think what they were doing is establishing you're outside of the morgue, and then you're seeing... Some, sometimes movies are poorly it. written, but if it's written and directed by someone, it's, it's sometimes the vision comes through, right? I mean, is he successful despite of himself? Um, well, he did three B movies. He did Harbinger in 96. He did... Grant, uh, he did Dark 30 in 93, and he did The Boneyard in 91. Um, that The rest of it was the sculpting, and he did special effects makeup for episodes of The Twilight Zone and The Hitchhiker in uh, 85 and 83. Oh, so the Twilight Zone, 85. I actually watched a bunch of those. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a career in movies. He was just always on the creative uh you know, like it's pre-production. What are these things going to look like? Let's employ some sculptors to help us out. <clears throat> and then he went on on his own to uh, direct movies. Now he's got $850,000 budget. He's got Phyllis Diller. He's got the guy who used to be on Peyton Place, right? He, right. He's got, uh, I, I think Norman. we're <laughs> Norman. Oh yeah, and then he's got Norman Fell. So, so he's not a slouch. He made a movie. Okay, right. so one of the elevators is out, so he must bring the body through the lobby. Well, Phyllis Stiller will have none of that. That That's is a regulation. What, because of the, it's sanitary. Yeah. Well, it's okay to have a dog in a mortuary. Yeah. When the dog like. The body? Yes, and later we're going to have a little <laughs> bit of zombie licking. I don't like these mortuary. I don't, these morticians suck in this movie. Yeah. They're either like feeding dead bodies to children or uh, now, I don't know what's worse. Out of the, the director wanted us to see that a screw fell out of the, uh, the gurney, okay? So when they I get to the elevator, it will collapse, and that's supposed to explain it for you. Oh, well, he's a good director then, Carl. Uh, no, no, he, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> uh, when he gets on to the gurney, onto uh, the elevator, at least the first time I saw this movie, I did not understand why the gurney was collapsing. I did the second time I saw it, okay? Plus, the gurney collapsing provides some gross stuff, but nothing else. It doesn't pay off. So oh, that's a why do it? That's a relief, right? We're sick of the gross stuff in this. Like, is what? Yeah, what a good stuff. director. He gave us relief. We're sick of the gross stuff in this movie. <laughs> and that's why I was fired from Disney. <laughs> so now, Peyton Place guy is laying down the law, Jersey. This is what we're doing. This is an emergency corridor. <laughs> so and so to get it fixed. He, like, he somehow becomes the boss, even though he's just some cop. Who's gone there to see a bo see bodies? You mean he's like a loud, obnoxious guy, pushy, and his name is what? He's a pushy, loud guy. Does he tailgate people? <laughs> Jersey? Jersey. Uh, his name is Jersey Callium, and I get your joke. 
Uh, I think that's a good joke. I'm going to write that the first joke of this show. They okay. call him Jersey because he tailgates everyone. <laughs> uh, he did a lot of B-movie stunt work for Roger Corman. 56 movie in 57. You know, like Swamp Women, Attack of the Crab Monsters, Rock All yeah. Night in 57, Carnival Rock. It goes carnival like, Rock. About eight to ten of them, yeah. That's like if I can't afford a Carnival or a Rock show, I'd be like, this is Great, thank you, Corman. Two and yeah. one. I went once to Great Adventure and saw the Beach Boys perform. That was a carnival rock. Uh, who was in the band? Do you remember? Can I ask you? Uh, well, it was the crazy one. Um, Brian or Dennis? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And he was telling all about the different phases. Of, you know, first we wrote about surfing, then we wrote about cars, then we wrote about girls. <laughs> Was it good? Do you, was it a good concert? Would you put it up there? Uh, it was like my first concert ever. Like I was a little kid. I don't even count it as a concert. Or maybe it was like I had been to concerts and I this was my third one. Like it was a big deal to me back in the day to go see concerts because it's something grownups did, like something right. big kids did. So I, I I counted it for a while, and then after I had seen like twenty concerts, I said that doesn't count. You little child, you know. <laughs> We're done. But then you started performing, and you made force people to watch concerts. I forced them. Yeah, me and Solnik <laughs> and Kanichi. We played the French Club dinner, and everyone had to listen to it. Do you remember uh, Rock Against Dinos? Yes. <laughs> in New Jersey, there was it's still around, and we actually we went there when we were in New Jersey, and I had just one taste of your pizza, and it brought me back. Still had the great taste. Mr. Dino's has some notoriety, and so yeah. he kicked out Paul and Kenichi. So they they decided to have Rock Against Dino's. Right, a they put them a protest outside on the sidewalk with their drum kit and guitar. Yeah, that was great. They made a poster. I remember that. Yes, <laughs> come come out to Rock Against Dino's. <laughs> That's so great, man. And what else? Of course you're going. Of course you're going. You're a freshman. Of course. Yeah. You're... I didn't go even though it was like a block from my house. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That was so now funny. she's got an object. And she's going to have one of her visions. Now, where's Norman Fell? Uh, he fell. He's hiding behind glasses and a mustache. Here he is in the front right. You That's Norman Fell? Ponytail? Oh, look at him stretching. <gasps> oh, he doesn't want people to know he was he look. just did Transylvania. I saw it. He's is undead alive. He hasn't noticed? Like no second. Oh, here comes a vision. Yeah, she's starting to have her vision. What she does is she gets a vibrator and she begins to use it. And then she starts to have a vision. Look, she's doing it right now. Oh, there's a. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't kiss it. Ouch! You cut you uh, cut my hand to get blood, and I felt it in the real world. I am a stereotype. Yeah, what's where are they? Movie trope. Uh, who knows? Vision glass. I mean, Maybe are they in the woods? Are they in China? I guess, but somehow. Okay, when the the mortician was giving an interview, he said that his family was tied 
to help the demons come to life. Like there was a curse on their family. And I guess we're seeing a historic, he's having a vision of history when it, I don't know, happened in the 1200s. What do I know? Right. Well, it takes place, uh, I don't know, maybe down the street. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to get a psychic premonition. Oh, there we go. Whoa. Uh, Wait a minute. He's not in that little lunchroom with Holiday. You're right. She's in the morgue ward. This is where they keep the bodies. Right. Now, she can see coming through the door, Norman Fell, Peyton Place guy. Is she having, like, does she, like, move herself? What's it called when you can be in another? Project? Yeah, like Dr. Strange did. Or something. Okay. Well, we don't see her float around. Huh? Is there intelligent Sweden around? From Doctor Strange? I'll explain my jokes. Okay. I think <sighs> that she could astro plane if she would do like a, like a zeppelin, like do helium. And then <laughs> float over, float over. Yeah. Uh oh. Someone's not doing your. They're supposed to be dead. You had one job. <laughs> the Goodyear psychic. Oh, veggies. Ah, oh, he's just Morning stretching, breath. waking up. Look at that boner they got when they wake up. It's, yeah, they call it, I woke up with wood. <laughs> that, yeah. At 55, you do not wake up with wood. <laughs> What if you were a zombie? Maybe that'll change it. <laughs> if sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes, if you didn't go pee, you really have to pee, and then you think you've got morning wood, but you didn't. You oh, just, it disappears the moment you pee. You just, yeah, it's like it's deflating. Like the pee was in it, and it, it, <laughs> you pee it out. It goes. <laughs> my my favorite is when it hits you and you wake up. You know, you like wake up at three or whatever, and then you get morning wood, and you're like, "I'm the greatest! I still got it!" Like, Holy shit! Oh, is that Jeremy Piven? Way to no, go! No, it looks like him, right? That's Jeremy Piven. There, we get a first. I can't. Spot, I don't. I like do Norman not. Fell. He does not look like Norman Fell. I gotta maybe I'll raise the volume see if he sounds like Norman Fell. They so, wasted their actor here. No, these are comedic actors in a horror movie. It's perfectly apt to have them do something different. You know, um, okay, so you got a B movie, it's going straight to video. If you want to help sell it, show me Mr. Roper, show me Phyllis Diller. I want to see her wig on. You see what I'm saying? And what about yeah. this Peyton Place guy? Like, why cast him? Like, do we really know him? I mean, well, I mean, they probably got the actors they can get the actors for. Maybe they for you, Mike, you might like him from Police Academy 3. Yeah, I'm familiar with his work. Oh, you are. I never seen Pain in Place. I never read the book. I never seen the movie. I never seen the TV show. He was in the movie Airport seventy five, and he was in the movie For the Love of Benji. Right, that's when they kill cats and sacrifice them. Right. For the love of. For Benji. the love of Benji. <laughs> okay, this is really great. I want you to turn up the sound when Alrighty. it's time. Okay, look, Mike, be ready, be ready, because it's one of the only funny things about the movie. All right, I have the sound on now. So. 
well, I, then you're going to get discouraged and turn it down. You always do as if we'll get arrested. I'll no, no, I'm going to keep it going. Fortunately, this sounds, sounds terrible, so I can keep it in the background. Uh, there's an What's audience I'm talking about, Michael. Okay, she grabs the keys. Right. She runs for the elevator. The dog goes, sick him! She goes, sick him! So this is how the dog gets down into the morgue. He can't get through. That's okay. Phyllis Diller to the rescue. Sick him! Right. Okay, keep the sound up because here comes our big joke. She got away with it. Love it. Phyllis Diller, kick okay. the dog out. So there's a comedian in New Jersey, and I really don't appreciate it because I think it's too mean-spirited. But yes. that's his, not tagline, uh, catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. He does a joke about his ex-girlfriend, and uh -huh. then the audience screams out, fat bitch. He, he, yeah. I think I, it's mean-spirited, but I mean, I've been around him so many... often. How many years has he been doing this act? Like more, I don't know the real answer, but it's over a year. It's pre-pandemic, you know. Don't you? He might want to move on with his life, otherwise uh, he'll be that ex ex-wife comic. My ex-wife, six years of my ex-wife. Yeah, you know what? Move on. Write some new material. Maybe life after six years of being divorced. Maybe there's something else, you know. So when I was watching this movie and it came to that point. I did a clip, pretty much the clip I told you to put the audio on, uh -huh. and I sent it to him. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're so funny. He'll add that. That's good. The audience needs to hear. That Studio is... sings. This sound, the sound on this movie is a little bit lower than I, I'm used to. Yes, that's really true. I had it at 100%, and I could hardly hear. I got neighbors. I live in a mortuary. I don't want to wake up the zombies. Uh, yeah. Zombie poodles. That could be potentially dangerous. You know, maybe Phyllis Silas was talking to her dog. That bitch. Fat, oh, that bitch? Oh, she said fat bitch. She, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this guy's catchphrase. Is fat bitch? Yeah. I thought you it was that like, bitch. You said, like, oh, he should move on with his life. But this guy, he does his jokes aren't real. He, he's like a pun guy. He does like uh he's a misogynistic pun guy <laughs> divides like that fat bitch and jokes about that rhymes words that rhyme he studied massage yeah he's a misogynist now and um anyway anyway i'm not a fan of that catchphrase i think it's mean-spirited but yeah I'm and you know what you you have an audience and half the audience is you know i mean half the audience is women it's always a general rule uh-huh but it's not true. It's usually the majority of women. And also, like, it's just you can throw people out with that. It's not it's not. I mean, whatever. Some some comedians, you know, they they stick with what they uh, they die on the hill. They climb up whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Guy, there's a cannibal in the mortuary. So right. So he, she had the vision that there were cannibals down They're Not cannibals. They're like undead and they're eating corpses. I don't know. So then. He comes down to like warn the other 
people Jersey and, and, uh, but she couldn't find them. Okay. So here she is now witnessing and they're going to go after her, of course. Right. Of course. I mean, talk about fresh meat. <laughs> they're eating corpses. Oh, right. Babies. What? Oh no, those are dolls. Still, this is pretty They're sick. kids. They're kids. Yeah, it's a doll. Uh, They're Asian kids. They're, it's just, uh, you know, it could be gross, but you don't have to have shit in the bed when you get to that. I don't know. There was always like John Carpenter assault on uh, Precinct 13 and yeah. uh, Halloween 3. He would kill kids, you know, and there was a huge impact when that kid gets shot uh, at the ice cream truck. Do you remember that movie from the 70s? No. So these criminals take an ice cream truck and and uh, to take over a police district uh, precinct, and a kid goes up and he shoots the kid. Oh my God! Why would they put that in a movie? I mean, even because though... they they used to, and I guess they you know, well, why would you have like out of all the corpses, you got to make the kids? I mean, it's I guess it's creepier that way. I guess. Now this is Deep Roy. No, really? No, it's not. <laughs> 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 From going bananas, he wore a monkey suit. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jersey to the rescue. It's always Look a game. Oh, no, of course he's got a gun. He's Jersey. Yeah, Jersey kid. I'm the Jersey kid. Shit, bullets don't work. Run. <laughs> I had a nickel every time I heard that. Hi, live bodies. Un undead, open the door. Ah, <laughs> uh, hi. Rat tail. I'm not Norman Fell. Look at that. That's not even a rat tail. That's like when your hair gets you know, kind of. There he is. There he is, Mr. Roper. Duty, duty. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I think I'm singing Soap, the theme song. But the oh, Ropers are similar. That's what it is. I thought but you I, were too young for Soap because I was really little when Soap was out. Soap went in syndication, so they would have the episodes oh, every night. So you okay. would watch five five episodes in a row in a week. You didn't have to wait every day. We had no week. idea we were binge watching. We were streaming. Well, what would happen is that you would miss an episode, and then you would have to wait for the whole season to wrap. You know around. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah go around. <clears throat> Soap's available on streaming services. I see. I, I think I actually tried to watch one. But the introduction was like six minutes long. Okay, we missed it. I don't know how we missed it. We were probably talking. But one of the women that they brought in uh, who had killed herself, her name is Dana in this show, um, she wasn't dead. Like whatever pills she took, pills or whatever, it, it, they thought she was dead. And she woke up. They were like, oh, no, it's undead. And she no, said, I saw that. But they, did they kill her? No, because she's like, hi, I'm not undead. How are you? Pleased <laughs> to meet you. How's your mom? What's your name? What do you mean, what's my name? Don't you want to eat my brains? Oh, no, thank you. I just had a bad accident. I, I'm, I don't really have much of an appetite right now. What? Okay. Are you undead? Yeah, I was dead a minute ago. You guys woke me up. I guess I'm undead. Monday now. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, you see the the cop who's bandaging her up, right? 
They they shot a move. The the end of the movie was supposed to be these two get married, and it was the first shot they made on November thirteenth. For some reason, it didn't end up in the movie. They did a little wedding thing in which they were married. Oh, that's romantic. I guess yes. Who do you think the movie betters without uh, a wedding at the end? I I would have to see it. Right. As it is right now, it has a horrible ending. It's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for coming. Okay, we're out of the building now. <laughs> that was close. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next movie. It's really late. The, the, oh. uh, from, from Dust to Dawn, they make it out and they, they leave. Phyllis oh. has her key. Oh, so she's going down to the morgue? Yep, she doesn't know what's going on down there. She doesn't see the monitor from her... Peyton Place guy goes, it's no good, it's no good, the phones are dead. So Mr. Roper goes, did did you dial nine? (laughs) Oh, he goes, no, he dials nine, he goes, it's ringing! (laughs) (laughs) You should have heard his voice when he said it, though. He's like, it's the central switchboard, you gotta dial nine. And Norman Fell is really stretching this one. He probably wanted to, to stray away from his iconic look. I guess, yes. He said, it this will be fun. I'll do it. I mean, it so- is an iconic look. I mean, he's been in movies in the 60s, of course, the Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think he was in Bullet, or but in movies yeah, like that. Yeah, he was in Bullet. Yeah, he was in Bullet. So he's like a, you know, admin kind of short cropped hair, tight <laughs> suit. He was Norman in Catch Twenty Two. It's a mad, yeah. mad world. Right, mad, 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 mad. him and uh, Buddy Hackett. No, no, him and Andy Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I have to, I have to see that movie again. No, Norman Fell shows up later. Be indifferent. Now, with a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand, right? The only right. two big. There are three big ticket names. Peyton Place guy isn't really one, but you know he thinks he's one. And then you have Roper and Diller. So they got a, I don't know how much of that money, like, did they get 100000 each, you know? Like, why not? I'll do it. You're going to give me a hundred grand. Well, that's a uh, good foul money. Yeah, like, you know, you get a pool, have the hot tub part. You know, 100 grand, yeah. 30 grand and... You know, oh. look, let's run down to Cancun. Just, you know, two weeks, you and me, what do you say? $5,000, $8,000 gone. He so looks like Jeremy Piven. It's really hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The ghouls eating children is not the, the upsetting part for me. Yeah, it's it's a entourage dude not getting credited. Yeah, that's all right, dude. Piv. It's the Piv. Uh, looking for these? Uh, <laughs> Well, not looking for, but surprise! I just stole these. <laughs> what? Now that door leads. I mean, they have another door. The zombies are out. Uh, the zombies could be behind that door. It's basically uh-huh. or... a records room of the morgue. Wow, well, well, I should have. I should have gone with curtain number two. <laughs> it's a collection of data, paper <laughs> forms. Don't what they won. The ghoulies are going to show up, right? Well, 
throughout this whole film. Up, oh, it hurts him. His leg hurts him. Oh no! Did he get zombie? He's going to turn into a zombie, but right? He lays the heavy axe on his thigh. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. Oh no! That's the proper way of putting down an axe. This is, you know, now this is, box. this is the room where people's possessions, when they died, are in bags, and she's finding like pipe bombs <laughs> to serve the script. Oh, you mean someone? They found a dead body, and they're like, oh. Throw that in storage. Yeah, he's got his pipe bombs. Put it in the bag. Look. Uh, Did they ever figure out how he died? Jeremy Piven's got a semi-automatic weapon now. Oh, man, this is the best. I wish I had a record room like that. I would be the best law firm ever. There's, there you go, Phyllis. Phyllis, why aren't you wearing your wig? Oh, Phyllis, will you close the door? You're going to let the zombies in. Now they hear Phyllis. Miss Poppin Platts. Poopin right. Platts. Poop, yeah, Poopin Platts. Oh, Poopin Pants. Poopin Platts. Is Platts pants in German? I don't think so. Platts oh, is like place or uh, plaza like, kind of thing. So it's poop place. Yeah. Pooping place. Yeah, poop in place. But I don't think they mean like as if you're standing in place. They mean a physical location like town time. Town Square. Right. Deutschen Germans Platz. Oh, you mean like an outhouse? No, I do not. Well, yeah, if it's a Poopenplatz. Poopenplatz. I've been saying Poopenplatz. Yeah, yeah. I forget how you say out back in German, but yeah. Come and see. Dieses hier ist weg. I can't do German anymore. That was college. Okay, so she's hearing that crying girl with her doll, just like, yeah, uh, uh, just uh -oh. like Ashley did in the beginning. Is it is a demon gonna look in the camera? But look how human he is. Look how he's not undead. He's just covered with yuck. Isn't well, that I mean, interesting? You don't want to torment your child actor. Ah, wall monster, feeling monster. They don't mind. Oh, he's got a tail. He, the, the monster's not even going for Phyllis Diller. Wow. Right. He's interested and fascinated by the dog. Now, Phyllis Diller has loved that dog since the movie began. But now she's like, fuck that. He's my distraction. And she's backing away. Oh, you, I would hate it if she wanted to save the dog. I mean, maybe she should. <laughs> Look at Phyllis. Fuck this. I am so scared. And now she's really scared. She's an actress. Whoa, no, that's, that's a stunt clearly, Right. And, okay, I didn't even need to tell you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm sort of relieved. <laughs> I want to see an obvious stunt person. That is Phil. Yeah, I would hate to see, like, actual. At 66. Yeah. Well, she she uh, lived longer than this movie's release, right? This yeah, she did. Um, let's see. Do I have when she died? <clears throat> oh, by the way, she was in The Fat Spy, which we saw on our show. Yes, I know. Which she was great in. Well, because, you know, it's funny. Fat Spy and then the Bob Hope, she has a very, not like 
Mae West, but a very anti-comedian acting style. Uh-huh. You know, which is like the energy of the room kind of doesn't suck it out, but she's her own force. Right. She definitely was, is. Yeah, she's and I love it. I do love it. You know, I, But I if, you, if she's going to be on stage, it's not as part of an ensemble. She's yeah, but you kind of see the comedic moment, and then you just kind of undercut it, or you see her. You know, it's not like she doesn't work with everyone. Everyone still talks. Mm-hmm. But here she's playing it straight, as much as she can. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, her name, not Ashley. It's uh, Dana. Dana runs with, the, with uh, Jeremy Piven, because he's got a gun. But that will lead to their, it's a romance that never comes to fruition because we don't see it on screen. This Dana, she was in this film. She was also in uh, Slavery and the Making of America, a 2005 movie. I don't have much info on it. So That's pretty recent. Or... 2000. Ew, gross. Now look. She gets slimed. He like feeds her part of his flesh. No, it's really gross. Yeah. Really rude. What a terrible demon. Yeah. Now, nobody likes Phyllis Diller, but nobody deserves a slimy face full of, (laughs) you know, he's a human. Let's get her out of here so she can yell another day. I mean, this is horrible. She's being so silly right now. She's acting and she's going, wow. Wow, he's really acting this. I should have asked you to turn the sound on. Okay, you see that yucky, yucky thing on the ground? Uh, yeah. It is a dead demon, and later the dog will come lick it up. Okay, now they're learning. He shot her in the shot him or her up in the chest, and that kills the undead thing. So they learn. And our psychic thinks that makes sense because their life force comes from the heart. Oh my God. Is that how, is love going to save the day? Nope. (laughs) Not at all. What about the psychic? What about her? Is she going to save the day? She, uh, She will not save the day. No. Huh. You know, it's interesting. I do like the idea of a psychic because if you start the movie off with a psychic, then you, as an audience, will accept, you know, demons and monsters yeah. because the world already has. Yeah. So now we have a scene that's like not funny. It's disgusting, but it's, I think it's meant to be funny. She's just sort of puking out the goo. It looks like butterscotch. She's just trying to Ugh. spew out the slime. Listen, according to this box, this video box, this is a comedy. Yeah. Oh, no, what the box drop. It's a horror movie. Box drop. Wow, this is what the Nickelodeon Studios must have looked like in the 90s. Yeah, with the slime. Yeah, everywhere. What a babe. Look, at she's got a gun. She's going to a supersonic gun. No, but she won't use it. What we're having now is us learning that, like, he's a protector and 
she wants to be with him and she doesn't want to use the gun. She wants him to use the gun. Yeah. Ember. Well, let me close the studio window. It's freezing in here. All right. They hear each other through the uh, pipes, the air ducts, which kind of doesn't make sense because on an elevator, you don't have that. You have a shaft and it is not part of the air duct system at all. You want it isolated. It's not clean. Um, the ducts are supposed to be about circulating uh, HVAC, circulating uh, uh, air conditioning, heating. So, um, so it doesn't make sense in the real world, but zombies don't either. So, okay, we'll forgive it. So this director, he had a heart attack in 2002 and it affected him. And he made a uh, he made an illustrated book. It's for all ages, but it's it's got like a cartoon kid in it, and the 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 proceeds go straight to the American Heart Association. Um, it's called Good Things to Share, and um, it's a book he wrote. It, it's inspirational. It's a picture book. Uh, I don't know anything else about it, so I don't recommend it or not, but... Uh, What's it called? It's called Good Things to Share. Because he had a heart open-heart surgery. Um, huh. It, like, profoundly affected him, and he did this, like, charitable thing. He made the book. The money goes to the American... Well, actually, it says a portion of... Uh -huh, a portion? Yeah, so I don't yeah. know. But it feels like it's a nice thing. Oh, I'm sure it's it's for good reasons, tax reasons. I I just walked into your conversation. And I was just freezing, and also this movie is scary. I don't know how much I can watch. Yeah, I know. I think our safe word was up last time. Uh huh. That's right. I think our safe word is uh, our Star Trek connection. Yeah. Yeah. Star this Trek is, connection. He's our Dave uh, Jeremy Piven is our Star Trek connection because he did some sculptures for. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, the the whales, the San Francisco one. Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, actually uh, built the invisible spaceship that landed, that stayed in in Golden Gate. They spent six months. That was on probably it. as easy as the. I want you to sculpt me every except for the invisible one. I did I stutter? I want you to sculpt me every <laughs> everyone. Uh, yes, sir. Coming right yes, up. Sir. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, sir. I finished the first project. And which project is that? Uh, the Invisible Starship. <laughs> Let me see your work. Uh, it's in the parking see, lot. It's it's it. They see the stand, like yeah. in the conference room for his presentation. They're all lined up on their stands, and there's one blank <laughs> empty stand. <laughs> well, you know the Zoom. He's like, okay, let me uh, get the PowerPoint going. Well, and that's been my uh, Eddie gone. <laughs> Yeah, you just had like nothing for three panels. Now we have the long drawn out backstory about trying to kill herself and it seems to not be related to zombies. So why is it in this movie? And we don't see a romance start between them. We see Jeremy Piven begin to have empathy. Maybe that's all you need is a human moment. I guess, yes. I don't know why. Everything I say, you got to defend this guy. Yeah. I don't Carl, give it a break. 
this is the classic Key Largo moment where all the survivors are trapped on location and they're uh -huh. different, different so people. This yeah. is well done. Look, you not not it's been done before. This is well done. You didn't you watch the movie. I'm not gonna watch this. Movie. I'm not listening to this movie. I'm not gonna sit down and watch this in earnest. I'm just gonna it's have creepy. my creepy. And obviously, it's I mean, it's good. Okay. Turn it on. But... No, turn it on. Listen, oh. to see if you can stand it. Turn okay. it. It's on, Carl. Don't be okay. snippy. Okay. No one's talking right now. Joke said you. Sucks no, one's, no one's still joking. Okay, there you go. Okay. I guess it's over. The movie just made a jerk out of me. I, I honestly like. Uh, I've I have seen better. I've heard better sound quality on porno cassettes. <laughs> cassettes he says not files ew stop it phyllis diller Ugh. oh gerber baby she looks like the gerber baby <laughs> when it's ralphing maybe that's why she didn't want to wear her wig i could get fake vomit on it <laughs> no the director specifically requested no wig well that's good she's gone a long way since the scooby-doo <laughs> mystery movies Mike, you say it's good, okay? But imagine you're a director. You got an 850000 budget. It's uh, probably your first. Yeah, I think it's your first feature. Yeah, it's 91. This is your first, your big shot to make it's a great, movie. It's great trivia. It's great publicity. It's a great way to angle this movie. This is the movie where Phyllis Willer, Willer, uh, Phyllis Diller didn't Diller. wear a wig. I don't know who Phyllis Willer is, but. Diller. Diller. But the thing is. Is this movie on America's radar? Did it work? That talking point. You see, this is. I mean, this is a cult film. I mean, I'm sure there's lovers of it. I mean, this this did reach the B movie art uh, archive too. <laughs> okay, this guy. It's a good movie. This is a good film. No, I can't. I can't say that. Or I haven't sat through this movie. Obviously, I don't think it's good. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. You see the their um. They're, they're to, getting to know each other got interrupted by undead. They're 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 asking the undead to come follow their voice. No, they're asking Jeremy Piven and oh. uh, and uh, Dana. Don't give okay. up. Follow my voice. Come Hopefully. and get us. Fuck that. I'm not going in there. Look at hey. how they shot this. Oh, it's great. No, it's terrible, Carl. You're it's absolutely right, Michael. <laughs> Okay, we got hit. Uh, there's the piv. There's the piv and his submachine gun. Oh, oh no! What a the puppeteer. great job by the director to surprise us with a freaking puppet. Frank Oz is in the chat. Look, the director in his wisdom knows that the undead will totally run away from when you spray a, a fire, fire extinguisher. Yeah. Well, it was just to push back the the. the work. See how good it was. The director needed a pushback, and he got it. Must stink in that room. Get off a fire extinguisher. Yeah, these actors. <laughs> is this one of those movies where, like, halfway through, you're like, "Why is Norman Fell still alive?" Yeah. Well, no, he will check out very early. So will Phyllis Diller. Why are they in the film? How does it lend to? Wouldn't you make Mr. Roper the cop? 
No, I think what he's doing is great. I would, again, like I would pay money and this is good publicity. It's where Norman fell. I don't know what he's doing, but you know, let him cut loose. <laughs> let him cut loose. <laughs> he's playing a mortician. I miss okay. The producers of the film first sought rocker Alice Cooper as an actor for key roles. That would have been cool. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, that would be cool. Eh, maybe a little too on the nose. They couldn't get up, so they got on the nose, but consider the, what we're watching. It would have. Yeah, it would have been at least a but, nice, nice relief to see him. Yeah. <laughs> what did we see him in? We saw him in uh, We're Not Worthy, Wayne's World, maybe two. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. He had a famous uh, manager, this guy, uh, I think his name is. So uh -huh. uh, Mike Myers got introduced to him, I guess, through through Wayne's World. And one of the things this producer does is that he, you know, he'll let his friends sleep in his place in Hawaii, his house. And uh, so Mike Myers stayed there and he made a documentary about him. Oh, interesting. I guess. <laughs> It's weird, you know. Okay, now this actor, his name is uh, Willie Stratford. And I don't know, he was known for Black Rainbow 89, The Runaway 2000, and The White Girl 1990. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember this film. So he, he did a, like, boo! He doesn't know what's going on. There's the mortician who killed himself. He just now killed himself. Why is he... The internet says he opened his eyes when the bag unzipped, but I have seen this movie like four or five times. That's how we know it sucks, Mike. And uh, I did not see that happen. Here's Phyllis Diller. No, wait a minute. She Stop. had the slime in her mouth. It got in her stomach, and now she is undeadified. She's a puppet? Yeah. Ow! Ow. What an effective ketchup stain. Was he the first guy to die in this movie? Uh, yeah. Did you grab Vigernick? I think yes. All right. Black guy dies first in this movie. All right. You, you got me. That is a trope. He's growing bigger. Yeah. Wait till you it's see. Your ego. It's your ego. <laughs> Unmanageable. This is the worst Scooby Doo mystery. She was, remember Scooby Doo had these movie mysteries where they would get. Uh, contemporary celebrities like Don Knox to to play themselves. I don't remember. Yeah, in the it, wait, was it still a cartoon? Yeah, it was still a cartoon. Yeah, it was like I remember that. It was a different series, so they would have Phyllis Stiller, and I actually think that was good because it was a way for me to kind of see Phyllis Stiller and learn about who she was at least. Right. You know? Like when they the, had uh, Smokey and the Bandit guy, the not cool one, the truck truck driver, Jerry Reed. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, he does a country Reed. song. He's a country singer, right? Right, eastbound and down. Yeah, well, that's what they said. They were like, country singer and movie star Jerry Reed. How y'all doing? I remember. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she got zapped and in the chest too. That's where. That's gonna help. That's well, where the puppeteer is. That's where the heart is, I guess. And so they, and so Dana zapped her. 
And Phyllis Diller is dead and out of our movie for the rest of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Phyllis Diller. I wouldn't have done that, man. I would have had her all the way to the end. And that's our headliner. If you'd like to see more of Phyllis Diller, she'll be uh, at the merch table over by the uh, (laughs) coat room. Doing selfies and selling a t-shirt. $30. Quite a bargain. Quite a bargain. Available for cameos. Hello. Zombie Phyllis Diller here. Uh uh Selling fang t-shirts. Fang t-shirts. Uh-huh. Is Fang here? Uh-uh, honey. Uh-huh. Now the disgusting uh-huh. dog licks up this disgusting, like, undead viewer. Because they've been zombie poodles before. I mean, there was that Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. It was like Okay, mutant. good. Okay. You, Michael, who think this movie's so great, you got to hear the dialogue. <laughs> In the script, I wish I could hear the dialogue. If I could hear the dialogue, that means my hearing is back. Now she's going to reveal why she didn't want to come forward and help. She's very apologetic. Let's listen. Ryan. No, I'm the one who should apologize. Go ahead. Let me hear what they're saying, Mike. I have it at maximum volume. Okay, you just relay it to the audience then. People have I turned away? Yeah. Pause. Mag pause. No audio. <laughs> not it make any sense, sense anymore. Just nothing makes sense. Either one something for me. From people want something from her. But if someone wanted to burn something, something. No, or people wanted to burn me at the nearest stake. Like, you, you can't be tortured out. by this dialogue if you're... Carl, listen, I'm transcribing. Uh, sigh, dramatic sigh. Sega. Big. All right. Sega. 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 <laughs> I once something my own film. No, wrong again. Oh, my God, Jeremy. Correct. Wrong, wait, wrong. Jersey. It's Jersey. Oh, Jersey, right. Oh, my God. He, he can't take his seven up. No, his V8. But then all of a sudden, Jersey will be fine inexplicably. Yeah, no, I think fucking bleeding out your mouth means you're, you're in bad shape. Well, tell that to this director because he changed his mind. Forklift. Forklift. Out and it's like that's that is not a compelling speech, right? Right. We weren't connected so, with it. So this forklift is more compelling. Right. That's what we should be focusing on. And if it was my movie, Phyllis Dillworm would be riding the forklift. Woohoo! Come on! You know, you made an excellent point, Carl. If this was my movie, I think Phyllis Dillworm would survive the night. Oh, absolutely. And Norman uh, Fell would be like. The detective who gets all the cool lines, you know, and you runs hate, around with his gun. Why do you hate Jersey so much? Uh, it's just he's a dud. Okay, you were on Peyton Place and you, when you were young and handsome with black hair. Okay, what else did you do? You were Roger Corman's boy. You were in Police Academy, Airport, and For the Love of Benji. So right? you're saying that the problem with Jersey is there's nothing to do. It's nothing to do in Jersey. You look, yes, there's nothing to do in Jersey. You look at his face and you don't say, hey, that guy, I know that guy. 
They forklifted his face. Ugh. They're not going to kill this guy. Yeah, they're going to kill him because they got his chest. Lift oh, him. Lift him. When I called a lift, I didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. Are you my Uber? Because I called the lift. <laughs> that wasn't a funny pun. That fat bitch. And that's been my fun. That bitch. Good night. Whatever. He's he shouldn't like. Oh, you're back on posting with his his uh. Whatever the guy's name. Do, do you want to plug him? I haven't seen him. You're just shit His name is Steve Poston. He was on our celebrity comedian countdown. He's uh he's a very funny person. I am not a fan of his catchphrase. Right. All right, Steve, take it from take it when you're a friend of the pod. Take it from us. Drop that. You're better than that. The audience is better than that. I tell you, Mike, he won't do it. Because every time he says that, he does get a big laugh. Now, he's making a mistake. He doesn't understand. People are being polite. He just doesn't get it, and I'm not telling him. Okay, this is the poodle. The poodle has grown. I know. It's like on two legs. Right, and it's not in the same room as the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that they were really looking at that uh, that poodle. They said, roll them. Now, where are we? Staircase. <laughs> Staircase. Want to reprocess that thought, Mike? Oh, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Why? Because you're a woman and, you know, you're not going to want to look at my butt. Yeah, okay. right. I'm okay. not wearing a dress. Now is not the time. Oh, no, your stupid rabbit's foot. Right. The guy who doesn't believe in zombies believes in his luck of his rabbits, but... Does he believe in psychics? Did he tell her before he met? I think at this point, he can't not believe. Well, what... Oh, I thought it was an eclipse. Now, look, she can't get up because of her weight. So that's the first time that plays into this movie, except for two insults that Phyllis Diller does. Right, the the fact, but this is also like a Poseidon adventure, right? Didn't Shelly uh, Winters get? Shelly Winters had to swim. Yeah, she gained weight for the film. We covered this, I think. Yeah, last that's night right. Because it required her to be a fat woman, and she needed to work, and she never lost the weight. Yeah, I mean that could just be a story too. Also, this is some kind of workplace. You got to consider the fact. Oh, that- you mean that might be her, like. Like I'm embarrassed, so I'm making up a like a story about it. That's good publicity. Uh huh. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, you need publicity I, before a film comes out. Not. I, I I do believe that she probably did gain the weight for the movie. I do believe the story, but uh, I mean, life is life, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Other than that, uh oh. Whoa! Giving her you, the slip. You dummy poodle! You'll get smushed. You dummy poodle. Stupid mutt. You dumb, dumb poodle. Listen. <laughs> All right, there you go. Ashley! She's what? She's putting a leash on the dog. Yeah. 
What is he, Wiley E. Coyote? Good trick. <laughs> oh no, flaming yeah, zombie yeah, poodle. Natural gas down there. This is where the comedy comes in. Yeah. Flaming <laughs> zombie like poodle. Yeah. Oh no. Wah wah wah. Scooby Doo. Uh, radar mysteries. Down. We'll be back. Wah wah wah. Scooby Doo. Radar mysteries. Come on, Phyllis Diller. You're taking too long. Don't boss me around, dog, or you'll find yourself on a leash. Phyllis Diller. You better not mess with Phyllis Diller. Or I'll make lamb chops out of you, Scooby. Excuse me, is this the way to the Renaissance Fair? Thomas Jane. Yeah, hi, I am Thomas Jane, star of The Punisher. Thanks for asking. Okay, so Ashley fell on her ass. Now the dog blew up from the natural gas, but That's she the good fell news. all the way down, done, gone, boom. That's the bad news. That is the bad news. But she's like, go help Jersey, because I'm secretly like, you know. I don't Jersey's know. Jersey's alive? Oh, yeah. He's trapped down there. He's, he's alive? No. He, it's not explained. There's a full recovery, and we don't see it on screen, and it's unexplained. Now, she thinks she's safe, and she's just got to wait, but here comes Zombie Poodle. I thought you were dead. Oh, oh this is a surprise. Like in the Terminator, when the Terminator pops out, the Zombie Poodle shows up. Now, she just smushed her way right. through the roof, back down into the catechism, just to get away. Now, if Jersey could fall down the staircase in the beginning of the movie, Psychic could go to the floor. She went all the way down that big, tall ladder, and she was like, oh, that really smarts. And then she forced her way. She just found the pipe bombs in the evidence room. That's not the right word. The... Uh, when everyone dies, their possessions are stored there that were on them, including pipe bombs. Oh, they're almost getting out, Carl. This is the end of the near. That's it. Once you walk through the door, the credits roll. That's right. <laughs> it's really true. You're right, Mike. It's like when you play a video game and somehow you get to the end, but you didn't like solve half of it. So there's like a big end. Right. You just can't proceed until you do something else. Okay, she's putting the pipe down the pipe bomb get to blow the door so she can get out of there. She'll light it, but who should show up? Poodle! Poodle. Just as she, you know, the thing's fusing to blow up! That's so frustrating. I mean, you poodle. find a pipe bomb in the in the deceased inventory, and then suddenly a poodle... What's that mean? Ah! Poodle! It's the inventory, and it's so frustrating. Why is the so weird? I mean, it's it's, it's not creepy anymore. Film. It's a great film. It's a comedy too. It Just is a comedy. Like I intended. You <laughs> <laughs> are laughing. Just like I intended. It was a comedy all along. <laughs> oh no, Fetch. Oh. <laughs> 
Bam! So they escaped the living dead mortuary because a poodle mistaken the explosive for a bone? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a comedy. Not to put it that way. <laughs> They're back outside! Oh, that means only one thing. Long National Nightmare is almost over. No, not yet. Oh, they did they really walk through the explosives? Like now, the, the what smoke? Did they resolve exactly? Right? Nothing. There was Nothing some sort of curse on a family and they made undead. And I guess they killed all of the undead. So that's it. They're done. I guess. No, no I more can't. running. No more running. No more. No more psychic king. You don't have to psychic anymore. I think the oh, gospel drop. Oh, look, they showed up. They were outside already. No, they must have come. Yeah, they were outside already. And we were with our hero for her final trial and tribulation. Her now final escape from the depths of hell. There's hugs all around, and we were supposed to see a wedding. There's no connection to the hugs. You're right, that corpse body. So weird. Well, I'm, I kind of like that, her early premonition. <laughs> hey. A lucky rabbit's foot, am I right? Oh, come on, put that away. Like, oh, I guess it was lucky I had my keys today. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that luck. And I wouldn't be able to drive here because I wouldn't have my keys. And uh, so most shows like end with them laughing. Yeah, but this ends with relief. They're hugging relief. Yay, wow. what a piece of crap. Carl, what do you think of this piece of crap? I think that you just contradicted anything I said, and you had no idea if it was good or bad. You should trust, trust the man who watched it three times. If that's all you have to say, this was a piece of shit. Oh, and uh, Floof Plums was played by Benny. Mm-hmm. Dog was forced to go through the motions. So let's watch some puppetry uh, credits. Anything exciting? Uh... Uh, good question. All right. Well, there's a ses- second second assistant director. <laughs> oh, Brian, where's my coffee? <laughs> Listen, I'm tired of shooting the exteriors. Oh, Brian, take over. Yes, sir. It says location casting, so they got their big guns. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they had the location. There we go. Backwoods film effects. Yeah, backwoods. Oh, I guess, I guess so. Of course, James helped with the, you know, the director helped with yeah, the Yeah, the director makeup. helped with the makeup. Yeah, maybe. He's, yeah. he's great at that. Yeah, was the makeup was storyline acting and the movie wasn't necessarily. <laughs> Where's the wardrobe? Wardrobe assistant of Claire Alexander. Oh, the wow. boom operator. He did those pipe bombs. Oh, really? Yeah, because there was boom. He was the boom operator. Come he on, operated. Boom, boom operator. Coast to coast, LA to Chicago. Boom operator. No need to ask. Do we have sound on this film? No need to ask. I got the boom operator. Oh, really? Can you bring him in, please? Boom <laughs> operator. Boom operator. Uh, I want to see the puppet talent. Music. I think we're done. We're wrapping up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
That has been the Boneyard. Yeah. Some interesting characters, but oh, uh, some way, interesting there's casting. There's a song called Braveheart playing. Why don't you listen? It's horrible. You should listen. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I need someone who knows. Statesville Chamber of Commerce. Yale Davis Hospital. Yeah, the old. Well, I mean, that could be the name of it. Uh, that's probably where they did all the, were in the morgue shots. I mean, it must be, of course. Right. Oh, my God. This movie is a boondoggle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, if you like grotesque so comedy, if you're into horror and, you know, you probably like this. Thanks, George Martin of Beatles fame. Well, right, yeah, the fifth Beatle is to blame on this movie. Why wasn't he doing the sound mixing? That seems like a much better fit. All right, and uh, I think we're almost there. We've got the, the, the brave hearts going. Boom operator. I think that should be on the song during the wedding, but what do I know? They, they shot should... it. You know what they should do is that after the end credits, they should have a scene of the wedding, like them getting, you know, breaking glass and walking down the aisle or something. Here's what I Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been 1991's The Boneyard. Let's give it up for Carl for watching that movie three times uh, before watching it again. Yeah, this was four. I kind of didn't count it this time because... I don't know. It was muted, and you were disputing me the whole. Oh, I was saying how great, and you know, give the guy a break, Carl. It's not like you just <laughs> watched this movie three times. So we're seeing exposition now about why she doesn't want to help as a psychic anymore, and it's really drag assy and long. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I guess she's just letting the actors do what they do, right? It's isn't it developing yeah, it's character? Setting, it's setting, yes, yeah, Michael. The movie you haven't seen, yes, Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hate this movie. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new movie. It'll be uh, next week because we're here every week. We want you to uh, enjoy the, if you enjoyed the experience of streaming this live and, and watching a movie live. Come back next uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. If you uh, take your time like I do, listen to the podcast. I'm the only listener. Go ahead and download. Go subscribe to our podcast at LWAFLMOYT. Check out, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And just uh, be supportive, uh, love each other, and uh, keep it cool, I guess. Uh, Carl, anything? Do love each other. Keep it cool. And something's wrong with carlsucks.com. Go to carl.sucks. carl.sucks. Much better. No one's fucking with that domain. Bingo. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Well, uh, we will talk to you soon. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's
jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Good evening and welcome to the Gates of Delirium. With me, your host, Perkins Warbeck Twenty-Third. It's Wednesday night at six o'clock here in the Mission District of San Francisco, California. And it's time for the Gates of Delirium. A two-hour excursion into the joyous fringes of the progressive rock genre here on MutinyRadio.fm. Tonight we will be listening exclusively to my favorite artist, Jethro Tull. I'm going to be concentrating mostly on the lesser known, lesser known gems of his repertoire. Tonight will be from 1970 to 1976. There'll be a selection of juicy bits. Right now we're listening to Hand Dance from 1976's Vince Wrong the Gallery. This is the last song on the second side, as a matter of fact. Often overlooked. Not here at the Gates of Delirium, where we plumb the depths of the Progressive Rock Archive. Once again, my name is Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd. I'll be your host this evening. We're going to move on with our first selection this evening. This is from the Benefit album, And the Mouse Police Never Sleeps. You are listening to Mutiny Radio, John Never sleep 
Walking down 